I have a very good friend who is not only an ordained priest, but he is also a High Court judge. And I've often wondered how he can hold these two offices with such humility and grace. As I believe one of the things that I hold closely to as an ordained priest myself, that I'm not called to sit in judgment over people, but to encourage and to love even when people are just not at their best. Paul's letter here to the Romans makes a clear case that judgment and vengeance are nobody's business, except for God's. And yet we live in a world where much of the motivation our leaders seem to be driven by is a lust for revenge. In a society that is wholly transactional, there will always be a winner, and also a loser. But today we hear a completely different story, a table-turning story, a story that will change the course of history because it's the moment where Jesus determined for the first time clearly that in order to be the winner, he must lose everything that is perceived as valuable to human existence, his very life. In the most disgusting act of cruelty and betrayal, Jesus would walk open-eyed into the realms of death and, of course, as we come to learn, defeat it utterly for all our sakes. And this brings us to the idea of sacrifice, the idea that Jesus is some kind of substitute for our atonement that his bloody death on the cross was the ultimate act of a God that keeps vengeance for himself and uses it. And yet, perhaps, we can understand this narrative in a different way, that this loving God did take our place, not as a sacrificial lamb, but to join us in this life and death adventure, to show us that when our time comes and come it will, there is nothing to fear. In my mind, that is what a loving God would do, not heap guilt upon an already oppressed victim and require a payment for services, but to show the way and allow us to deeply understand that All human pain, no matter how terrible, is only a tiny part of our story, a grain of sand on an endless beach, and that all things will be reconciled when we are greeted in the eternal now by our ever-loving creator, who looks for us and longs for us. When we consider the world we live in, it is really hard not to recognise that there are many things that we will never truly understand, many mysteries, little miracles. And in that confusion, we as Christians are called to do something. We're called to proclaim something that many people will consider, frankly, delusional. That amongst all this mess of humanity is a living God at work, calling us to turn towards what is good and challenging, challenging us to be radical and countercultural. 
There's something going on in these readings today where Paul paints a picture of a Christian response in the light of Christ's call to recognise sin and what is malevolent in the fabric of the universe and to name it and respond with that great defeater of evil, love. Now, I don't know how many of you have had a chance to see the Barbie movie, but I can massively recommend it. I don't think that any other story has been committed to screen that so clearly highlights the struggles of human existence for both women and men in a society that is wholly transactional and focused on individualism and personal glory. And as followers of a living God, we are the people who switch that narrative, as Paul does in his letter to the Romans. The focus becomes community, the one body, and glory becomes not about our own successes, but showing the world the narrative of a living God, utterly glorious, glory without measure, a universal God that reveals a new landscape, a new creation, a covenant that includes all, Jew, Christian, Muslim, women, men, friend, enemy, refugee, black, white, gay, straight, all equally held in God's gaze and imagination. This is the goodness we are called to. This is the new Eden, the kingdom of God. This afternoon at my church in North London, St Jude on the Hill, we're going to launch our new music club, Songs from the Lady Chapel. And there, in the centre of this new adventure, is the sacrament of Christ behind some little gold curtains in the tabernacle. This is where we house the consecrated bread that is not consumed during the Holy Communion on Sundays. And that is holy right. Any new initiative that begins in this time of new beginnings will be a holy dance with Christ central to that party. There is no party without a host. And once again, it is Jesus that invites you to sit at his table to celebrate the Holy Eucharist as one body meeting in his name. Yeah. Uh-huh.
mysteria Sacratissima